Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts, and that's not just what we call ourselves, it's what our moms tell people when the M is two. I'm your host, Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way. Now... We got to talk about M2 because we're, we're two days into the launch and there's a lot of stuff going on here. And uh, a lot of people are talking about thermals. Now, I think it's important to note, we just, we'll just go right at the gate um, by talking about some of the stuff that I found. Uh, a lot of people are talking about uh, the Max Tech video where they talked about thermal throttling. I have not seen that video yet, so I can only really talk about what I found. And uh, it it's weird, okay? So the M2 chip, honestly, this review cycle was really nice because they, I mean, the fact that they didn't change a gosh dang thing between the M1 and the M2 MacBook Pro, um, well, it sucks if you want to buy one because uh, you don't want to buy one, but it's nice for reviewing the chips themselves because it's a perfectly standardized comparison. And so it lets you get a literal apples-to-apples apples comparison. <laughs> Good one. That's our first yeah, laugh. Along the way, that's our first laugh. All right, well, we've got we've got one left. Yeah, it's not even. Uh, you know, we started a little early here, so we gotta we gotta be careful with. Oh, that. we got plenty of time. But uh, yeah, it is uh, it is pretty pretty funny because like that computer is like I would never recommend it. I don't know if you would recommend it to anyone over like the air, but like it it almost exists for this one purpose of being like a perfect comparison. So yeah, it's, it's kind, kind of, of I I don't know. Maybe they did that on purpose. Um, so I've got mine right here, <laughs> fresh back from surgery. I actually did a full teardown on this that you guys are going to see tomorrow. And gosh, I might honestly spoil the video because it's been like all over my mind for the last couple hours, but see, so I've got some command prompt stuff going on here. Lots of fun stuff. But so yeah, so there's there's two there's two controversies with the M2. One is the thermal throttling, uh, or the thermals in general, I guess we should say, uh, and the other is the SSD. So I can actually uh, shed some light on this, but Apple, I think, for supply chain reasons has cheapened their SSDs. Really? Yes. On the M1 devices, the base model, if you open them up, which I did, of course, uh, they actually have two NAND chips. So 128, 128, and then you get 256. The M2s only have one. So it's a single 256 gigabyte not, uh, module. Now, the the jury is still out as to whether uh, essentially they they could be um, 
trying to save some money and using a QLC chip instead of two TLC chips. QLC is high density, uh, but it's also cheaper and slower. TLC um, also has a longer lifespan. So I'm trying to figure out ahead of tomorrow's video whether it is in fact a downgraded chip or whether it's just Apple only using one of them to try to save on, you know, configurations. And when you buy the 512 one, they just pop another chip on there, you know? Um, so I, I definitely want to figure that out because if they are using QLC, that that would not be good, um, especially for, you know, future Macs because the the durability is less. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's definitely interesting. I wasn't aware. I haven't done. I haven't looked too much into this stuff. Um, I do think it's interesting. Uh, you know, now that we have these M series chips that are made by Apple, uh, you know, on the one hand, Apple does have more control over those chips, but mm -hmm. also everything is super integrated. So, you know, if you have the M two, which is an evolution of the M one, uh, if you have a chip shortage, you know can you use fewer chips or fewer transistors or whatever is going to help you deal with that? Maybe it's a bit harder there. And so there are fewer places within the computer that you can actually uh, scale back or, or do something to, uh, you know, address the issue. Mm -hmm. And so I guess, you know, the SSD is one place that they could do that because it's kind of a, a, you know, separate thing. And, you know, maybe that's a better place to compromise than, uh, you know, the processor itself. Maybe it isn't. It's hard to say, but uh, you know that. I guess it, it makes sense to me. Not that it's a good thing, but it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, uh, it's it's a little disheartening to see. And I mean, I guess uh, if, if I had to guess, you know, the the M the M one Mac just came out right before uh, tons of supply chain shortages and inflation, and now you know economic recession e ish thing coming up maybe um so it definitely does make sense that apple would want to cut costs especially considering that they're keeping the same msrp but yeah i mean the end consumer is definitely just getting punished and that's never a good thing uh the other area that there has been some controversy with the m2 is in thermals and uh, I can't speak specifically to thermal throttling yet. However, I did notice that the M2 runs a little louder than the M1. Uh, so essentially, the I would not blame the cooling system of the MacBook. That's not really... Uh, an issue that's kind of this is this all kind of links into what I found with the 14 and 16 inch MacBook Pro and basically it's the way that Apple likes to handle their fan curve they would much rather have your CPU cores at 98 degrees Celsius than ramp up the fans so they will let your CPU get well into the 90s before they start giving it any any fan speed. Um, 
And so, so if you have a like a 16-inch M1 Max MacBook Pro, the most powerful one out there, which you and I both have, Noah, you're probably sitting there, you know, as as the normal user who's not monitoring this information going, wow, it's so cool and quiet. But a lot of the reason that that's the case is because Apple is being strategic about how they tell you that. They have, they're no longer using, you know, the case does not provide any sort of heat dissipation, which is what would often happen whether intentionally or not in the past. And so you'd get like, you know, the bottom of the laptop on, in the Intel days would be scalding your legs off. That's not a problem anymore because they've air gapped it and they've addressed the cooling solution to blow air out of the case. But they're still letting the CPU get just as hot. So if you, you know, run a CPU stress, stress test and absolutely pin your CPU and you also manually crank your fans, what you'll notice is that the temperatures are extremely manageable. We're talking like high 70s Celsius, which is frankly ridiculous for a laptop. That is insanely cool. That's like water-cooled desktop temperatures in a laptop. That is really, really impressive. But it sounds like a jet air airplane. And Apple would much rather have a CPU that's running hot, but you don't know about it, than have a very cool running jet. Yeah, I mean, that definitely makes sense, given that... Um you know, especially in the case of M1, where you have, you know, the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro are very, very similar there. The main difference there was, you know, the fan or lack thereof. And so obviously, you know, if they're going to run these in fanless machines, um, you know, then the chip should be able to uh, run, you know, maybe it'll get hot, like you said, it can get up into the 90s, um, but it should still be able to run well, because it's going to be going into a product that doesn't have a fan in it, period. But, um, yeah, it is. It is interesting that you know when it goes into the product with that that does have a fan. Obviously, Apple wants to keep the the machine quiet because um, that's I guess one of their selling points, and it's something that people prefer. But would there be uh, like long term or even short term uh, negative effects of of running the the CPU that hot? Um, in the Intel days, I would have said yes because. Essentially, Apple was making a decision for someone else's chips. However, that being said, I am not aware of large amounts of overheating and just, you know, heat-shocked, heat-killed Intel chips. Um, obviously, it's not great from a quality of life standpoint to have your laptop sitting that hot. But to my knowledge, there are not a lot of, of laptops out there that have died because the CPU ran too hot for too long. Um, so that's not necessarily to say that it's a recommended thing, but at least in the Intel days, it happened. A lot of Intel chips run really, really hot and a lot of the times they don't die. Now, the argument that I 
that I sort of mentioned in my video today. Oh God, I have <laughs> forgotten about my schedule. Was that today? No, I didn't post today, it was yesterday. My video yesterday, the days are all the same. My video yesterday, uh, I talked about how, you know, what do I know? Apple built these things, maybe they are just okay with your CPU being at 100 degrees. Maybe they designed it to sit at that kind of temperature all day long. Where in the Intel days, you could maybe say, oh, Intel CPUs aren't supposed to be that hot. But now with Apple, I mean, heck if I know, maybe their T-junction is 150. Like, uh, Intel, Intel CPUs have a T-junction of 100. And if, if you can't get your CPU cooler than 100, it thermal throttles. That was the whole issue with your old MacBook, Noah, the 2018, was that mm -hmm. even with all the fans going crazy, it couldn't stay cool, it thermal throttled. But with Apple, it's not really the same thing because they're consciously letting the CPU get that hot. And I do want to also mention, uh, I do have to watch the Max Tech video because I uh, people are saying that they, they found one of the cores was at 101 before the fans kicked in and stuff like that. That is not strictly new. The M1 MacBook Pro does that too. Um, the M1 MacBook Pro will get really toasty before the fan kicks in and it just keeps the fan really quiet. But on both of them, if you ramp the fans up the cooling system can handle it. It's the fan curve and it's the software side that's causing them to run that hot. It's not necessarily that the chip is, you know, oversaturating the heat sink. Right. I mean, you'd expect, you know, if these chips are going to run in machines that don't have fans at all, and, you know, if Apple's releasing these and they're saying, okay, these chips are going to run in there. And, you know, obviously if you push them and they may thermal throttle and, and whatever, but if they're going to be able to survive in these kinds of machines, yeah. um, you know, then when you add any kind of fan and, you know, however good Apple's fan is, you add some kind of a fan, it's definitely going to, you know, have, uh, you know, a pretty good effect on it. Uh, but of course, Apple wants to keep the, the noise low and, you know, if they, they have full control over the uh, over the fan curve, it's, you know, a software thing, like you said, and Apple wants to avoid some sort of a, I guess it wouldn't really be a quality program necessarily, but maybe it would be mm -hmm. a software update, but they definitely don't want to be pushing their chips um, to the point that they would get damaged or broken or anything like that. So, you know, maybe, maybe like you said, they're, they're just able to handle the heat better. And if the heat is, um, you know, not coming out into the case and like burning your lap, if you put your laptop in your lap, then yeah. people won't notice it. And if it runs, it runs. Stands to reason. Uh, yeah, it's very, so I, I just had the max tech video pulled up there and, uh, I'm trying to watch it about the thermal throttling here. So that's actually really interesting. I my my M2 chip performed better than theirs. Hmm. That is odd. Um, let me see if I can pull up my numbers because I got um, in my Cinebench R23 multi-core. I've got my benchmark and spreadsheet pulled up here. So we're, we're in big, 
we're in big mode here. I yeah, so they had eighty five forty six and then eighty five ninety two on their two runs. I got eighty seven oh six. That's like what's the percentage difference on that? Eighty seven oh six divided by eighty five ninety two. That's a good one point three percent right there. Yeah. That's pretty bonkers. <laughs> So I'm trying to figure out where um, I'm trying to find out where um, people were. Yeah, people were saying that it thermal throttles. Uh, I don't see where in that video that's the case because it definitely does not. I don't know. I think I think the the term thermal throttling in my opinion, has been over-applied. Um, when you talk about thermal throttling, what what that means is your system is running so hot that your cooling cannot handle it. And therefore, the CPU, the system, has to provide less than the full performance of the machine in order to control thermal output by just producing less workflow. That is thermal throttling. Having a score that fluctuates by realistically 0.004 of a percent, that's not thermal throttling. Having a CPU that runs at 100 degrees Celsius, that's not thermal throttling either. It can be bad, but it's not thermal throttling. So I think that is a pretty key distinction. Um, there is no Apple Silicon chip that thermal throttles apart from, arguably, the MacBook Air. Uh, and that's just because it doesn't have a fan. So it, it can't run at the normal speed of the rest of the Apple Silicon range because it doesn't have anything pushing air through there. Uh, you can actually replicate that with a Mac Mini, which I have taken apart right next to me um you can run a mac mini without the fan it works perfectly fine and the heat sink even passively is able to dissipate heat to a level that would be fine for casual computing just like a macbook air but when you start pushing it and that starts to get saturated the only thing that can cool it down is the temperature of the room that you're in being on the fan fins. The air's not moving. It's not pushing the the hot air out, so it's it can't cool it as much. And so as a result of that, if you do run a Mac Mini without its fan connected, uh, or with the fan connected but, you know, pointed away from the heatsink, you will get about 20% uh, CPU performance loss. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that definitely makes sense if you take away all of the cooling. Uh, you know, you're probably going to be able to max it out at some point. But I guess in the case of the MacBook Pro, uh, if there's any perceived thermal throttling, it's not because the cooling system can't handle it. It's because Apple is not letting it run. 
which is maybe an issue that they would have to fix. Uh, I also do want to address someone here said, is everyone who's doing these tests using controlled ambient temps? I don't know about everyone else, but I do. I don't actually talk about that. Maybe I should. But I always have my uh, room temp set at 74 Fahrenheit. So whenever I do testing, I'm always at 74 and I'm out of direct sunlight just so that everything is in the same environment and is directly comparable. That being said, I did have an idea because I don't know about you, Noah, but do you always use your laptop indoors at room temp? Um, Actually, it's funny you say that because my personal laptop, I'd say yes, but my work laptop, I sit outside pretty much every day to do my work. So I'm working outside where it is a lot hotter uh, than, than room temperature. And how does your Intel 16-inch MacBook Pro cope with that? Oh, it's uh, it's not oh. great. It gets it gets very hot, and then the screen has to dim itself a bit uh, to conserve battery. Oh my which god! Which is not good when you're sitting out in the sun, and uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's not the best experience. I'll say that much. Ooh, that's not great, but that's actually yeah. really interesting because my idea, Noah, and this maybe would be helpful to someone like you. My idea was. For the new MacBook Air, I'm going to be doing all of my usual testing suite. And I don't mean to brag, but of the people that have posted reviews on the M2 chips, I believe you'll find that mine contains the largest number of benchmarks. You will not find another YouTuber who has done as many benchmarks on M2 as me. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, I'm definitely not, you know... Max Tech gets all the big views on all the stuff, but I got a ton of I got a ton of benchmarks, guys, like 25. But one of the things that I wanted to do for the M2 MacBook Air is run all my benchmarks in here, controlled room temp like I always do. But then I want to go up to the roof of my building in the sun where it's 90 degrees run benchmarks again and see what happens when you have a fanless laptop in a non-controlled and quite warm environment. Yeah, I think that would be very interesting and I think you could you could draw some very interesting conclusions from that comparison. Yeah, I think I think that would be pretty valuable cuz like as you say Noah, right? You can have a very powerful laptop, but if a big thing to you is working in suboptimal conditions and your laptop's performance in those suboptimal conditions is essentially shitting itself, <laughs> where the fans are going crazy, the screen is dimming, the battery's draining all over the floor, that's not a great experience. For what is realistically a, what, $3,000 laptop? Yeah, something like that. Interesting, interesting. Now, I, you know what? I actually have not run a, a disk speed test yet. I didn't include that in my initial round of benchmarks because I'm a silly goose. So let me go ahead 
and get the old black magic uh, disc speed test and i i am i am curious to see what this is all about i mean i think it, it i think it makes sense for now wait a minute that does not seem all that slow hang on let me get my m1 to compare it to we're doing live on the fly benchmarking here this is pretty crazy. You know, when you come to the Luke Miani channel, not only do you get the most benchmarks on these new devices, but you get live benchmarks. We're doing it live here, folks. We are comparing the M1 and the M2 disk speed, which was one of the uh, important things that people were pointing out in the chat here and that we discussed before. So we're going to see... All right. So, my my M1 and M2 MacBook Pros are intentionally completely um, spec for spec. They're both base models, so M M1 and M2 both have eight gigs of unified memory. Both are two hundred and fifty six. Now, the the read write speeds are definitely different. Uh-oh. So on the M1, we're looking at read of 2,800 megabytes per second and write of about 2,000 megabytes per second. On the M2, it's 1,500 both ways. Wow. That's a big difference. That's a really big difference. Wow. Uh, now, a lot of people are saying that the a lot of people are saying that the the difference is only on the base model and i think that would support what i found in my teardown review where sure enough there's only one nand chip on the base model m2 and i i said before even reading about any of this stuff because i filmed this before all this news was happening uh I said, hey, I bet you they're saving costs because when you, rather than having to have like, all right, we're going to manufacture 128 gigabyte ones and we'll put two of those on there. And then when it's a 512 one, we have to throw those away and swap them out, both of them, for 256s. In this case, when you're making those two base models, the most popular configurations, it's like, okay, it's either one chip or two chip. Same chip. It's just one or two. So that probably saves a good bit of money in uh, manufacturing costs. However, I do think that the MacBook Air will probably suffer from the same problem. And that is a bit of a shame. Yeah, that's definitely... I mean, you can you can, you can say like you know what was it twenty eight hundred uh, megabytes per second read speed versus fifteen hundred. Obviously, you know, pretty pretty big difference there. And you know, you could say maybe for for casual or normal mm -hmm. stuff, you're not going to notice it because um, you know the normal stuff is not accessing that much memory at at one time. True. Um, and maybe that's true, but it is definitely disappointing to see Apple take a step back. Because the MacBook, you know, the MacBook Pro, we can put that aside because it's, you know, we've said that 
it's kind of a weird computer. But the MacBook Air is like such an easy computer to recommend. But it is kind of a shame to be like, yeah, this thing is is a lot better than the other one, but the storage is slower. And so if you do yeah. try to you know, stress it or, or go, you know, into the upper levels of performance, then you're going to notice a difference. It's, it is a shame. Uh, that's dude. Apple just finds a way to like make some really great stuff and then just, just throw in a little, like a little, uh, Hey, Hey, guess what? We're just going to be really annoying. We're just going to really just uh, gotcha. Annoy. And yep. Yep. My God. I don't know why they. I don't know why they keep doing it. They did it with the Mac Studio. Oh, oh, that was quite the impact. The wall panels disapprove of of this action as well. Yeah, the wall panels are like Apple cutting costs. We're out of here. Get the heck out of here. Uh, I will say another fun fact, Noah, the heatsink on the M2 is shaped differently. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit more square instead of round. Is that a good thing? No idea. Probably meaningless. It seems like square would potentially use more material than round. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just shaped differently and it's the same, but that's They also weird. used a less shiny paint. On the exterior? No, on the heatsink. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's so... That's so weird because you think that this is just okay. Take take the design that we've had for a while and just stick a new chip in it. It's weird that they're changing other things as well. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, no, I don't. I really don't get it. I don't know what they're doing here. Um, I mean, obviously, don't buy an M2 MacBook Pro. I mean, that's not even like a question, especially if you're gonna have slower SSD speeds, right? Like, if your SSD is not gonna be that fast. You might as well just get the MacBook Air if it's the same thing. What makes the MacBook Pro Pro other than having a little fan? Nothing. Yeah, I mean, if you really like the touch bar, I guess you could you could argue that, but I don't think that there's too many people making that argument. Honestly, if you love the touch bar so much that you're going to give up on MagSafe, the new design, the thinner chassis, the bigger display, the thinner bezels, and the better keyboard and the just everything else well honestly you know what um good for you i guess congratulations on uh sticking it to the man by sticking with your inferior technology <laughs> yeah i uh i guess so but it is it is definitely weird because like the 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 impression that I get is that M2 is very much an incremental upgrade, and so especially yeah. you know if you had someone who wants the MacBook Pro for whatever reason you know imagine that this person exists, and then you know when you get the new one versus the old one it's like you can say yeah the new one has a better chip but if you get the base model or maybe other ones but let's just say the base model then you have slower 
uh, storage, uh, you know, SSD speeds. And then, you know, you can get the M1 model for a lot less than you could get a, you know, refurbished one or pre-owned one for less than the new one. It's like weird. It's like, how do you justify this? Even if you wanted a MacBook Pro, how do you justify this new one? It still seems like, you know, not, not an easy thing to do. Yeah, I'm actually curious. I'm going to go ahead and check out Amazon Renewed M1 MacBook Pro. I, they must have renewed options. So they have they have some of them for eleven ninety eight. Oh, there we go. Nine hundred and twenty nine dollars you can get an M one MacBook Pro for. Nice. In Amazon Renewed. That's mm, That's pretty good. Wow. I honestly I yeah no (laughs) no don't buy the new one you guys i mean look 20 percent not even it's more like 15 percent less cpu performance and about 35 percent less gpu performance and you can save 370 dollars uh yeah oh yeah i'll do that thanks absolutely yeah yeah and then you have you know you you get this computer you you save the money and you get this computer and then you know give it uh another like a couple of years or as long as you want but give it a couple of years and you'll be able to replace it sooner uh with one that is you know bigger you know m3 m4 whatever some of them will be bigger jumps than others and so you know a couple years down the line it'll be a lot a lot better of an upgrade than than m2 has been so far Oof, I will say, the MacBook Air, I think, is going to be incredibly popular. I mean, that's the one that I'm most excited for, obviously. I mean, look at the thing. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely stunning. But, right now, we're in a pretty interesting spot where... If you use the education discount, which of course a lot of MacBook Air buyers will, you get a $150 gift card, and I believe you take $100 off the price to begin with, right? So that's $1099 minus $150, that's $950 if you're a student to get the new M2 MacBook Air. And honestly, that's pretty crazy. That's, I mean, yeah, it's a $150 gift card, so you have to use it at Apple. But chances are, if you're buying a MacBook Air brand new, at some point, you're going to need $150 worth of other stuff from Apple. So call it $950 to get the new M2 MacBook Air if you're a student. And I think that's a really good deal. I mean, I don't even, I haven't even reviewed the dang thing yet, but I mean, if you look at the M1 MacBook Air, yeah, it wasn't quite as fast as the MacBook Pro because it was, you know, it it's fanless. What do you expect? But for the vast majority of people, you were not giving up very much, and it was at such a good price point that they were like, okay, yeah, yeah, we're going to buy that. And even though there's now only a $100 difference between the Air and the Pro... 
the air is so much better in all of the non-performance ways that I cannot imagine it being slower enough that the MacBook Pro is worth it. Do you know what I mean? Did that make sense? Oh, yeah. No, I completely agree with you. Like, it would have to be half the speed for the MacBook Pro to be a worthy upgrade. Yeah, I mean, the the MacBook Pro is using... That that design is is uh, you know some variation I guess of the 2016 design, right? And yeah. And you look at these new these new uh, MacBook Airs that are this new brand new design. Obviously, came with the with the the latest MacBook Pros, and you know you get a lot of the nice stuff. You get a really nice screen with the with the rounded corners and the touch bar is gone, which a lot of people like and and MagSafe and stuff. There's just there's so much that's nice about the MacBook Air, and I think that's the thing. Um, you know, more than M2, I don't know if people are really super excited about M2, um, but just all of the other stuff that come with that MacBook Air, like comparing that, this new MacBook Air to the, the M1 generation, yeah. it's a really, it's a really big, a really big difference. And honestly, I think we're in a MacBook Air super cycle here, folks. Uh, cause you have to keep in mind that, and a lot of people got mad about the 1199 price for the macbook air but this is not unusual behavior for apple at all in fact the macbook air i talked about this after the event you know a couple weeks ago but when the macbook air launched it was 1799 which is about 2500 bucks today it was expensive it was not the cheapest product it was the premium thin and light and then by 2010 they had it down to just a little bit more than a macbook pro but the MacBook Pro was still cheaper and the MacBook was the cheapest. And then by 2012 and 2013, they said, all right, you know what? Never mind. Screw the MacBook. It's dead. MacBook Air is the cheap one now. And at that point, it was down to like $1099 and then $999. And then it sat there for ages. Because from 2013 until almost the end of 2018, they did not change the design at all. Now, that was a great machine. I made a video on it. I, you can get them for like $100 now, which is crazy cheap. But by 2018, people were like, all right, okay, let's, come on now. Let's, let's, let's do something else here. And then they gave it the design, the new design, the butterfly keyboard, ugh, a whiny, crappy little fan. Ugh. And guess what? They kept the old design at 999 and they bumped the new one to 1199 a year later goes down to 1099 kill off the old one a year after that in 2020 it was back at 999 and that's where we are now so if you you can i i would i would be willing to take bets that in one <laughs> in two to three years the current design MacBook Air will be $999. So if that's the thing that's scaring you off right now, and you have something that you can keep using for another two years, the M4 MacBook Air will probably be $999. You know, I, I think I agree with you, especially, you know, there's been a lot of cases, uh, you know, when we've discussed things on the podcast or even when we've discussed things on our own, where you can, 
uh, predict some 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 things that Apple does. You can predict pretty well depending on uh, what they've done in the past. Some things, not always, but I, I think in this case, I would generally agree with you. There's a lot of new stuff in this MacBook Air, so it makes sense that they're bringing the price up a bit. And you know you can look at chip shortages and whatever else is going on. But I do think that it'll come back down. Uh, a little bit more mm -hmm. in the future but I guess I'll also say you know if you have something good right now that you can keep and the $200 price increase is scaring you off then you know you could keep using what you have but I think that the this MacBook Air is a lot like the 2018 uh, iPad Pro mm. which is just one of those devices that you that you could buy now you know $200 more you know you could wait two years if you have something good keep using it that's fine um, but like you know and we've had said this discussion so many times, like the 2018 iPad Pro uh, that came out was just so good. You know, I still have one and, and I still have no reason to upgrade. And now Apple is very slowly, yeah, you know, of course you got one too. Apple is very slowly starting to bring in reasons like stage manager, which for me is not a reason to be honest with you for what I do with it. Yeah, no. Uh, but, you know, very slowly starting to bring in reasons and maybe some of the batteries are are going a little bit but again not an issue for me personally and uh so i don't know the this this macbook air could be a super cycle like you said it could be like the ipad pro in 2018 so maybe you take the 200 dollars price increase and and you just know that it's going to last longer than the last year's model would have or or you know that's other true. model would have i i yeah i'm definitely interested to see um, how the reviews go, how the performance goes. I'm going to be comparing a bunch of stuff. You know, As you guys know, there's the 8-core GPU versus the 10-core GPU in the MacBook Air. There's MacBook Air 10-core GPU versus MacBook Pro 10-core GPU. There's, there's a lot of angles, and you guys know that I'm going to be looking at every single one of them. I, I am actually kind of where I think I might have to buy an M1 MacBook Air so that I can make a video with it i might have to do that i might buy three macbook airs just to get all the coverage but <laughs> that being said most people are not going to care because at the end of the day the macbook air is the everyday laptop for most people and most people might not even know that they do or don't have apple silicon all they'll know is that it looks nice They'll know about battery life. They'll be like, oh, it's got good battery life. I like it. And so if you are someone who doesn't really need that much in terms of performance, you know, you don't really consider an M1 Pro to be worth it, then the MacBook Air is almost certainly the laptop for you. And I'll tell you what, Noah. I will be rioting in the streets if Apple does not give us a 15-inch MacBook Air sometime soon. I, we've talked about this. Apparently, it's going to happen. But if it doesn't, Apple, you have been warned. I'm going to be annoyed. And that's no idle threat. I will be openly annoyed if you don't actually make that thing because oh my god it's perfect it's perfect yeah that would be 
that I'm sure that there are, you know, a lot of people, there are a lot of people out there who uh, would be very well served by a MacBook Air, but that want that extra screen space. And that would definitely, if they had the choice between the two of them, that would, that would be, a lot of people would really like that. Now, the, the only thing is, as Toad in the chat pointed out, German said it'll have M3, which probably puts it at about a year and a half away. Maybe they, maybe, I don't know, maybe they shorten up the cycles a little bit, right? M1 took a while to roll out because they had to work on all sorts of stuff. But Germy Wormy is telling us, you know, they're working on M3, they're working on M4, like they're, they're, they're not going to be sitting back on their high horses with a little, you know, a little white rocking chair on the porch of a New England farm sipping iced tea. They're working. They're getting it done. That is that is true. They're they're working on it. It'll uh, hopefully it'll come eventually. Obviously, we don't know when. We'll keep an eye on the rumors. But if you want, uh, when you come out here next time, we'll go uh, protest outside of Apple Park until it happens. We That's can a make good signs idea. And and uh, and all that stuff. We'll make signs, and it'll just be you and me. Tim Cook will be standing at the window, going like this. He'll be so angry. He'll be like, dang it, now we have to do it. But, I mean, it He'll just... like, wow, what a terrible day. No, Tim, I'm sorry. He'll, he'll, he'll come outside and he'll say, bad morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. But, yeah, so, I mean, if you're really looking for big old, big old boys, big old upgrades, you're going to have to wait until M3. And as someone here said, late 2023 probably. I think that's a pretty realistic timeline. Um, you know, this is a... I think the mid-year update and the sort of casual launch for M2 is indicative of it maybe not being as major as Apple thought that M1 was. Now... Has there been a single Apple Silicon Mac that did not get event time so far? No. Every single one has gotten event time because it's they want to show them off. But that doesn't necessarily mean that M2 is as big a deal as the Macs that came before it. I think it's pretty safe to say that M2 was... I, I would even... I would say that WWDC was equal parts new design MacBook Air and new Apple Silicon chip upgrade. In in previous events, like with the M1 event, the, the chip was the event. The Macs that it came in were not any different looking than the other ones, so it wasn't it wasn't about the design, it was about, you know, the new chip. And then when the iMac came out, the iMac was about the design. That was the star of the show. The chip was the same one that we've seen, but now it comes in this amazing new design. This is what Apple Silicon lets us do, etc. This time around, the the I think the design and the chip are working in hand in hand to sell it. And that's why the M2 MacBook Pro is not good because the only thing going for it is the chip. And the chip is fine. 
it's not enough on its own to get people to upgrade. But I do think, and let me know if you agree, Noah, I think there will be people that upgrade from an M1 MacBook Air to an M2 MacBook Air. I think there will be people, and they'll do it precisely because of the new design. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the, you know, if you get extra performance, of course you're going to take it. Why not? Uh, but the real, the real star of the show, the way to sell it is to have a chip bump and a design overhaul. That makes for a pretty good package overall. Ha, get it? Overhaul, nice. overall. Wow, that was, yeah, that was good. That's our second laugh. Okay, so we're done. We have we've had a laugh or two. No so more that's, laughs. That's done. So just being serious now. Yeah. But I do agree with your uh I think it's interesting that you that the um, that there's sort of the, the chip and the design are the two parts and I think that we'll see um you know over the coming years and for a very long time that each of those parts will uh have a different amount of emphasis depending on the product. So like obviously when M1 first came out, the chip was brand new. Uh, you know, we had never had an Apple uh, silicon chip in a Mac before, so that was the main focus, and they used the, the old design. And then this time, I'd say, you know, it was definitely more about the uh, the, the upgrades to the computer, um, you know, all the other parts other than the chip. The chip, obviously, there was a, a bump, and they spent some time talking about it, but I'd say uh, it was more heavily towards the, the design, and then when M3 comes out, maybe it'll be a bit more heavily towards the chip if they're able to get, uh, you know, bigger increases that are not just incremental. But I think it'll, it'll change over time, and, uh, you know, people will decide, like, if the chip is really important to you and you're pushing the one that you have to the edge then you're looking out for a computer that has a big chip upgrade if your computer already serves you just fine uh, but it's getting a little bit old or you want you know better screen better other specs then you're looking for a new design and so different years will bring different levels of that and and they'll be good and bad for different people so it's be interesting to see yeah i definitely agree now i want to change subjects here for a brief moment well not really change subjects but kind of extend the subjects and I may be persuaded into spoiling tomorrow's video. Hmm. We've got about 200 people here. It depends on how I'm feeling, but I might spoil the reason why I was doing a teardown of the M1 and the M2 MacBooks was for something that a lot of people asked, and that is, can you upgrade an M1 MacBook Pro to an M2 MacBook Pro? Oh, interesting. Effectively, can you... If you have an M1 MacBook Pro, hypothetically, and you say, I would like 20%, I would like 18% faster CPU, please, mister. Uh, could you go on eBay buy a logic board obviously not now but in the future when they're actually available and switch it install an m2 in your m1 chassis and get an upgrade which would theoretically be pretty cheap because then you'd resell your logic board for a little bit less and i mean right yeah 
what do you think? Yeah. Would you upgrade <laughs> your MacBook? I mean, honestly, if you, I mean, like you said, you know, you, you get the, if you could get an M2 logic board, pop it in there, pop out your M1 logic board and resell it, which, you know, obviously you, you know, you uh, wouldn't get all of your money back, of course, but whatever you don't get back would, you know, be what you'd pay for the extra performance. Uh, it's definitely an interesting, an interesting thought. So did you actually try to do it? I might've done. Mm. Now, all I can say to answer a lot of these uh, questions here, I have a feeling this is going to end with a trip to the Genius Bar again. It's Look at that. Look. M2 MacBook Pro. It's here. It's working. I can show you the About This Mac. Apple M2. No Genius Bar. So I can at the very least spoil that at the end of my day of filming, I have a fully working M2 and M1. Look, that's working too. At the end of the day, all is well. But I will tell you this. The video did not go the way that I expected it to go. Hmm. Interesting. I'll leave it up to you guys to interpret what I mean by that. You have about t 12 hours before, eh, maybe more, because I still have to finish editing. But you've got about 12 to 18 hours to interpret what I mean by that. Yeah, I don't know. Would you expect it? Personally, I don't, like, would you expect it to work or not? I guess the safe answer is to say no, you would expect it to not work because it's not like a supported use case, obviously. But yeah. at the same time, they're pretty similar computers. So I don't know. I'm, I'm very curious now. Yeah, you see, that's a lot of the people in the chat have very interesting ponderances, you know, because well, as you said, no, it, it's obviously not an expected use case. But why why would it not work right why why would it work but why would it not work yeah why would yeah, they make yeah, it exactly. possible but why would they make it impossible right what what do you think what do you think chat can you upgrade an m1 to an m2 I think it's that heat sink. I think that the chip reads the shape of the heat sink. Oh. the other one that it doesn't doesn't boot. That's my theory. Now, I will give you guys one final little tidbit. And that is, a lot of people were wondering like, oh, did they change the shape? Can you not install it? There are zero physical differences in screw placement, logic board size, connector fitment that would prevent a technical you know a physical swap so the question is not you know is it the same shape the question is will it actually work mm -hmm. interesting interesting 
indeed. Interesting, interesting. What will it be? <laughs> what will happen? Nobody knows but me. I am very That's kind of fun. Though. I think you've got 200 or so people who are also very curious. Yeah, the, the, there's 200 absolutely guaranteed secured views tomorrow. So that's good. I'll be able to pay rent. I got the 200 views. That's all I really needed uh, on that yeah. video. I'll probably take it down after I get those 200 views. I'll be like, all right, cool, cool. One minute, it's good to go. We're done taking it down. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a dark mode exclusive. If you didn't know about it, then uh, then you're not gonna you're not gonna get it. Yes. Ah, folks, I'm I'm also kind of stressed about the MacBook Air launch because, as you know, Noah, I'm going to Italy with my girlfriend July twentieth. It's going to be a lot of fun, but I'm a little nervous because we know the MacBook Air is coming out in July, but I'll be danged if we know when, and believe me, I've tried to find out. I've DM'd about a million geniuses. I've been to Apple stores coincidentally, and I've just been like, hey, when's it coming out? Nobody knows. <laughs> Yeah, that's tough because then, you know, you got to, it's got to come out. You got to pre-order it. Hopefully you get it day one. I think you can get it day one, but, uh, but then you got to get it. And I know you have a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff you want to do with it. So, yeah. And the question is, is day one going to be while I'm in Venice? Cause that, that would not be ideal. What would you do if that were the case? Well, I'll tell you, I am not going to be working in Italy. So, I'm leaving on the 20th, which I believe is a Thursday, rather unfortunately. So, it's possible. Let me actually check this. Also, I keep hitting my microphone. So, this, I, apologies to all audio only watchers. But I believe, okay, no, it's a Wednesday. So I think in a worst case scenario, which I don't really want to think about, but it's possible. If the MacBook Air launches on Friday, July 22nd, then I'll be about a week and a day late on my coverage hmm. uh, that's not great if it's july 29th then i'll have an absolutely hellish day wherein at 6 30 a.m i'll land in washington dc from a 15 hour flight or whatever and then hot-footed over to the Apple Store and start immediately back-to-backing into, like, a 10-hour workday. And that'll probably be so much fun. Oh, man. So, honestly, dear God, 
please, please let this thing come out on either July 8th or 15th. Please, I'm begging. Tim Cook, Tim, Tim, Timmy, look me in the eye. Please, I beg of you, make it come out. Hang on, he's not looking. Oh my, okay. Tim, I just need you to, I just, I, I don't ask for much. I only need you to do one thing for me. And that is to launch the MacBook Air on July 8th or 15th. That's all I ask. I'm a simple man. I don't require much from you. It's a simple question. There's only one answer that you need, and that is yes. Well, you know what? If we're going, if we're gonna go to Apple Park to protest the 15-inch MacBook Air, then while we're there, we can ask Tim to release the MacBook Air in the first half of July. We can do we can do two birds with one stone. That's the old double bird, single stone trick that I I love that we used to do back in my army days, back when I was in Guam. You know. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm going to be so annoyed if it comes out on the 22nd. I'm going to well, be so peeved. We can, we can only hope that, uh, that that doesn't happen. And people are like, yeah, you can still make a great video even if it comes out while you're in Italy. And I'm like, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I sure would like to. But guess what? It's going to get eight views. That's so late. I can't do anything. Yeah. Well, do you know what? who else can't do anything? Who? <laughs> uh, us, with regards to this podcast, because we're now at time. Oh! Oh, I'm enlivened by your superb transition to closing. Thank you. Wow. I've been your host, Luke Miani. And I've been your host, Noah Rubin. Have a great night.